Hi, and welcome to Recovery His Way on the campus of His Way in Huntsville, Alabama, joined once again by our director, Tom Reynolds. Hi, Tom. Hey, Stuart. Well, we spent the last couple of weeks as we now are doing our last, last podcast of 2020, talking about what a, a heightened sense of time this is for everyone. When you're, I had a chance to go visit my family down in Florida and what a great time we had watching movies, playing puzzle, doing puzzles and playing games. And, um, and, but that a lot of people don't necessarily have great, Right. Uh, a great time of year now. They don't have families that do well together or, um, you know, haven't been um, a positive force in, in their lives or they've burnt bridges. And, and we see that a lot with the guys in our, um, in our, in our mission here. Absolutely. And uh, so that's, um, it's, it's just one of these times a year that really stands out, obviously, for that reason. And also, since we are at the end of the year, we get a chance to reflect. It's a natural thing to do to look back and uh, think of what happened in 2020. And I think this will go down as a, a year that everyone remembers. Uh, so we want to talk a little bit today about, about that and about right. reflecting on a 2020 and what we should maybe process out of that. Right. So what are your kind of initial well, thoughts? You know, one of the things that always strikes me as interesting this time of year is, I don't know why, I've done, only been doing this for 62 years, but um, it seems like the week between Christmas and New Year's is just kind of a weird week. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. kind of like, it always feels like, it's like, I forget that it exists. And then we end up with it and you're like, what do I do with this? And how do you maximize it? And I always, I always actually enjoy this week because it's kind of fluid and, and that type of thing. But uh, Look, always an interesting week. I, I, it wasn't that long ago in my life, maybe 15, 20 years ago, that I actually realized that uh, Christmas and New Year's were always going to line up on the same day of the week. <laughs> Well, congratulations. Because, because <laughs> you add seven to 25, and I'm a math guy, and that's 32, which is one past 31, and it's like, oh. That's, it's like, anyways, uh, so yeah, it's a very strange time of year. I'm good, just glad that you said that. Apparently, yeah. in a lot of ways. But, you know, in, in 2020 particularly, and, and the thing I've reflected over a little bit about it is, you know, I was thinking the other day, if 007 was a license to kill for James Bond, 2020 is the license to gripe and complain for mm, us. Yeah. You know, it's like this year, my wife even got some Christmas ornaments, you know, that said, had all the list of things of her 2020, you know, toilet paper shortage, social distancing, quarantining, you know, um, the curbside service, just all the various chaos, mass, no mass. I mean, all this kind of stuff that's gone on this year. It's been a year, I mean, which I see a lot of posts right now, people are saying, you know, we'll be glad to see 2020 gone. You know, as if, as I told my son today at lunch, I said, as if COVID knows that it's going to be 2021 and it needs to stop. That's I mean, right. I've seen, uh, I'm definitely staying up this year on New Year's Eve because I want to see 2020 put to death, right? right. You want to actually be awake for it. Right. When, right. When right. The, so, so there is there is this sense in which we almost feel like we have this license yeah. to complain. In fact, yeah. I was reading a story about, I don't know if you followed it, but um, the singer, singer Pink um, broke her ankle um, a week ago Sunday. Um, and, um, and she was talking about what a terrible year she's had. 2020 has been a terrible year. And... Uh, um, ironically, she broke her ankle running down the stairs with her son to see the Christmas star 
and then realized it wasn't even until the next day. Ah. <laughs> but she broke her ankle, and so she's in the hospital, and she said, you know, I just got over COVID. I had a staph infection. I had knee surgery. I had I cut my hand on drawing a glass, and I had to get stitches. And then she said, and then she said, 2020 has just been like a poop sandwich kind of year, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And so that kind of sentiment, I think, really consumes the mindset totally. of um, what we've experienced this year. And so it's a year in which we feel kind of this like license to gripe, mm, you know, it's our light, you know, yeah. and we're all kind of outdoing one another with, with our stories about how terrible it's been for us. I think you've named the podcast. This is 2020 license to gripe. And, and I, I imagine there's a parody video being made somewhere out there based on it because it's a great way to capture it. And it almost seems like uh, you can, if if you've, even if you've made a bad decision this year or something, well, it's 2020. Yeah, you know, right, it's, right, 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 right. Right, right. It's going to be. Right. And so it's kind of every bad thing that's happened kind of gets written off and that mm. type of thing. Um, and, you know, it made me think from a Christian point of view, though. Yeah. You know, um, if we don't need, um, I mean, unfortunately, um, if we don't need really need a license to gripe, we seem to be pretty good at it already. Mm. Um, you know, I think about the passage I had open here was, you know, when Paul writes um, to the Philippians from a jail cell, you know, and he says in chapter four, you know, rejoice in the Lord always again, rejoice always. Mm. He didn't say anything about, you know, COVID, he didn't say about pandemics and say, it's just, Always, and you think about where his situation was, right? I mean, talk about the ultimate lockdown. I mean, <laughs> Paul was in lockdown, yeah. and he didn't get the he didn't get the benefit of Netflix binging. Mm-hmm. He didn't get the benefit of you know eating whatever he wanted all day long. He Zoom did, family calls, right, right, couldn't right. check in with everybody. Exactly. And so, amidst all that, he's talking about rejoicing, and he even says right before that in Philippians two, do all things. From jail, he's saying this, right? Do all things without grumbling and complaining. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, And he goes on and says, because when you do, you'll shine like stars in a crooked and perverse generation. And so it seems like the calling for us in Christ should be that this is the year for us to not grumble and complain Mm -hmm. because we will shine. I mean, the the darker the background gets, the brighter the stars get to shine. And so if we just choose to rejoice if we choose to be grateful that how much more significant is that message and how much brighter will we stand out instead of just feeling falling in with this the the picture of everybody else where we're just kind of blending in with the griping mm-hmm. complaining whining about the election the riots the economy the whatever else we want to talk about um during this year so i think that spirit of gratitude. Yeah, I want to come back to that, uh, but you made me think of, you know, Paul being uh, very steeped uh, in as a Jewish rabbi, and, and I just wonder if when he writes those words, he's thinking about the call to Abraham and that Abraham, one of the, the key promises in the covenant to Abraham, God makes is that you, your, your people are going to be a light to the nations. This idea of light is so central um, to a lot of the Jewish understanding and certainly carries over into the Christian understanding and that Jesus being the light of the world. And, you know, that isn't that the failure of Israel is that they never stand out against the background of the nations around them. They adopt um, the way that they approach religion, the way they make um, you know, their deals with other kings. And, mm-hmm. and that's, I, I think you, you see that over and over again in the prophets just saying, 
you know, why are you not a different kind of people that right. you were always to be? And it is um, obviously an indictment also of us in, in the church. And are we, and do we really take to heart this kind of, of admonition from Paul to say, you know, do not complain. It's like, yeah, right. You know, that's, that's not going to be us. Um, and, but what a difference it makes. And you know, we, we know people that they live this out. And man, they do stand out, you know, that when they're faced with, with their own individual, you know, trials and troubles and, um, and it really, really awful illnesses and family situations. And yet they have this joy in their heart that they're able to, you know, put on uh, a show for the rest of us to say, yeah, it, you can approach this in a different way. And I think it's, you know, throughout the letter of Philippians, obviously it's, it's embedded this this attitude. I mean, mm -hmm. even, you know, you think of the passage, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength is probably the most popular passage out of Philippians um, 4.13. And yet the context of that isn't about winning a football game or winning an election or something like that or overcoming even an illness as much as about being content in any and every circumstance. And so this idea of contentment, this idea of gratitude in the midst, in the face of difficulty or trial or whatever really becomes one of the core elements in which we in Christ can shine. And I think that's particularly an opportunity right now. And, um, you know, I was, I was watching a TV program the other day, an interview with Condoleezza Rice, you know, who is the first um, black female secretary of state. Um, and, um, and high, one of the high, you know, highest ranking African-American females yeah. Um, up until Barack Obama became president, right? right. And um, and she grew up, you know, she was born in 1954 in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm. And she grew up as a, you know, African-American girl in a very um, prejudiced and Jim Segregated, Crow right, kind of thing. environment. And uh, she made the comment that though she couldn't eat a hamburger in Woolworths, you know, she could end up going to college and she could end up, you know, getting a degree. At, um, she went to, well, she went to Denver University yeah. and she went on and, and has been provost of Stanford and had yeah. all these great successes. Right. And, um, and, and I just loved her attitude because she said she was the only child and her parents really instilled in her the idea that, you know, they didn't, they did never use their situation as an excuse. They used as an opportunity. You know, they always saw the challenges is you just get to work twice as hard to be to be successful. That's all you get to do. And so she carried that and she continues to carry that with her to this day. She recognizes she has to read twice as much. She has to think twice as hard. She has to work twice as hard. And she's an accomplished musician. She's mm -hmm. an accomplished writer and scholar and and as well as professor. And and, um, you know, she was even, you know, on a few years ago, she was on the college football selection group, yeah. you know, that picked the, the bowl teams or the cha national championship. So, you know, she's highly accomplished. And it just strikes me how the, the thing that we so get wrapped up in is we let our circumstances define us instead of letting our attitudes define our circumstance or our response to those circumstances. Um, there's a friend of mine, when I first got exposed to recovery, a friend of mine, Richard Gray, gave me an AA book, first AA book I ever received, and he wrote in the front of it um, a little poem. You know, I don't remember, I don't have it with me, but it says something like, um, one sails east, another sails west, both on the self-same blow. Um, it's not the direction of the wind, but it's a set of the sails that determines where they go. Right. Um, it's an interesting thing in sailing that you can go whatever direction you want, no matter which way the wind is blowing. Right. There is a way 
to sail upwind, downwind, right. crosswind. Right. And I think that's kind of what right. that Paul right. is getting and, to. And which yeah, it all has to do with how you set your sail. And it's right. interesting because the the nautical term that's used for how you set your sail is called the attitude of the sail. Mm. And so that our attitude ends up deciding where we end up. You know, so often we want to blame the wind, mm-hmm. but our attitude set right will determine where we get to go. And so, so much of, you know, Condoleezza Rice came out of a terrible situation and excelled while other people use that as an excuse for failure. Um, and we've unfortunately kind of propagated that idea that, you know, we're in this kind of failed culture now because of the way things were back right. in the fifties or sixties or whatever. And so a lot of that's our attitude. How do we set our attitude? I can't control the wind. I can't control the circumstances. I can't control whether COVID ends on 2020 and January on December 31st or not. Um, what I can control is my attitude about it. Mm-hmm. And that's so critical. And that's so important, not only to the Christian message, but just to the message of life that, you know, are I going to spend the rest of my life being controlled by my external circumstances and be a victim of circumstance? Or am I going to choose an attitude that um, that's going to grant success? And that's the freedom that I get every day. And I try to preach a lot to our guys here because, you know, they've generally walked through life without thinking about the opportunity they have to control their attitude every day. They let their attitude be defined by their circumstances. And, and you know, because they, by and large, have gone through um, really major life mm-hmm. problems. Absolutely. Um, with health and family and job and relationships yeah. and all those things. It's, very, it's a very fertile ground for finding someone to blame or circumstance to gripe about and complain about. I, I, I think there's there's very much a divide for, for those of us who have not had a lot of that kind of really, you know, intense drama in our life. You know, we can think, oh, yeah, we're grateful. And we really haven't been put to the test in a lot of ways where um, you, you see Paul in talking about uh, going through any situation and being content. And he's talking about shipwrecks and, and being in hunger and, and being in prison. Uh, but our guys have gone through all those kind of situations. And so, yeah, the default position, I think it's almost expected that you're going to find a reason to complain. I got tired of going to college football games in person a lot because of this reason, because people in the crowd are so sure that they know more than the the coaching staff and the players. Oh, why don't they just run the ball here? Why don't they just run this? Like, just processing, they, they might be right, but the attitude that I know what's best for this team when I show up and watch a game for three hours on a Saturday is uh, is quite uh, being very sure of yourself. And yeah, and I mean, the American public does every day. We just watch, we read a headline and we know more about the people participating in that event um, just by the fact that we read the headline that was either on the paper or um, published yeah. in social media. And if you media don't somewhere. have a response to that, if you don't have an opinion about that, somehow, you know, you're the weird one, you right. know, for not wanting to, to pile on and participate. I saw a thing today, um, 
uh, someone had put it on social media what the new United States Space Force, you know, that mm -hmm. new branch of our government, what the uniforms are going to be. Well, they haven't decided it yet. So this is a bit of, you know, someone putting out a version. It looks like a cross between like one of the Star Trek movies with William Shatner and almost like a really a German kind of Nazi uniform. And of course, it's creating all this stir. And it's like, you don't even know if it's real, but everyone's got to have a, you know, a snarky, you know, and a complaining, oh, look, right. because it's, it's a, becomes what are the what are the inkblot tests uh wrote the roshark yeah it's almost like any of these things are just like roshark tests mm -hmm. for how you view the world and i can oh i can trigger my oh there you go that's just the the problem with that other party and that's just the problem with this and and it feels like that's where we have to do that to be a part of this right. society we live in and uh and it's not at all in line as you're as you're pointing out here with having some sense of an attitude of well, being thankful right. for and, and see, one of the things that's so important, contrary to the world, um, we who are in Christ have received by the gift and grace of God the wind of the Spirit. You know, the, mm. this wind of the Spirit has blown into our lives, and this grace has been bestowed upon us. Not that we did anything for it, but we're forgiven by grace, we're loved by grace, we're blessed by grace, we're gifted by God by grace. And so grace becomes the wind or the driving force for the Christian life. You know, in the secular world, you know, you do to get something, right? You you do this. I mean, unfortunately, Christianity has even taken on where you got to behave a certain way and then you get to go to heaven. Or you um, you work, you know, a certain number of hours, you get a paycheck. Or you work so hard, so much for a semester, you get a grade. Um, and obviously, Christianity is the reverse of that. God chooses to bless us by grace. Mm -hmm. And then our attitude becomes how do we receive that grace and to me, it's a beautiful blend of that sail in set in the right attitude, captured by the grace of God's wind that then is going to push us into his intention, his will, his purpose for our lives. Um, and I think that's how you, I mean, so often we're asked the question, how do I know what God's purpose and direction for my life is? Mm -hmm. My perspective is capture the grace of God, be grateful, allow that gratitude to drive you. And I 100% I, I believe that you'll end up exactly where God intends you to be, right. doing what God would have you do right. if you simply do that. And I think, you know, as I deal with the guys here, I watch the guys who succeed and I watch the guys who fail. And if I were to say what the common denominator is, it's gratitude. The guys who succeed stay grateful. Now, virtually everybody walks through the door grateful because they're out of jail, mm. they're off the street, they have a hope maybe of having a reduced sentence or their family's finally talking to them. Right. They have a roof over their head. and They've they made a positive first step right, in right, some right. way. And they have food in their stomach and they feel like they're in a positive community. But you know, it's amazing how a couple weeks go by they get a few nights of good rest. All of a sudden, you start whining again. Why are we eating that again? Why are we doing this? Why do we have to go to this class? I don't like that teacher. He's not interesting. Blah, 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 blah. And all this kind of stuff. And you start watching that deterioration. And I watch the guys who succeed. You know, they're here for six months. And they're more grateful this, uh, on the last day of six months yeah. than they were on the first day they walked through the door. Mm -hmm. And they continue to grow in gratitude. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I see that's so critical to success in recovery is that sense of, of really contentment. You know, addiction is driven by discontentment. You know, it's, I'm not happy with the way I am and the way I feel and the way I think, and so I'm trying to change that. 
And our society teaches us that, whether it be economic discontentment mm -hmm. or emotional discontentment, or in some way, I mean, it's the whole grumbling complaint thing. It's constant discontent. Mm. And the Christian message and the message of gratitude is contentment. It's being at peace in the midst of whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, Jesus calmed the sea, right? The disciples were in the boat. He calms the sea, right? And then he turns to him and he's disappointed in their faith because he expected them to be content within the storm. But they're not at peace until the storm's gone, until the circumstances change, then they're at peace. But when you really realize that you're not at peace then either because the real the discontentment's the problem, not the circumstances. You made me think also of another um, Old Testament kind of tie-in in this, um, you know, as the children of Israel are uh, brought out of Egypt mm -hmm. and uh, they are, you know, are in this exodus and they're wandering and there's this really um, amazing, um, one of the sermons Moses has in Deuteronomy 8. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, this, it's so um, informative and such a good example for us that, you know, he says, you're going to go into a land God has prepared for you that has homes that you did not build and wells you didn't dig and fields you didn't plant. And you're going to forget that this wasn't by your hand. And you're going to basically, you're going to start grumbling and complaining. You're going to, you're going to think, you know, you're, you're going to, you're just going to, your whole attitude's going to change. And his, his, you know, his, his strong statement all throughout is you have to remember, you know, this grace that was God chose you. Uh, there was nothing really all that special about Abraham and the people of Israel. As we learn, they're just like every other people, but God cho chooses them. And this idea of remembering and reflecting and having gratitude for what has been done for you. And that is the one thing that can keep you from, you know, just falling into the pattern. And of course, we learned throughout their history, that's a very hard thing for them to do because, that's just something about the human condition, but it also reminds us we need we need to very specifically, intentionally stop and count the blessings and remember the gratitude because as you are alluding to with some of the guys here who are grateful on day one, but you know a couple of weeks later they take all that for granted. That's just the way things are, right. and and to to we we have bigger movements of that in our lives. Where, you know, how wonderful it is it that we've been blessed with families that, you know, that we have great relationships with and that we have, you know, like I, I got a chance to spend time with eight other members of my family down in Florida and we all get along. And what a great blessing that is. Right. And I mean, not everyone has that. Right. And, um, you know, during this time when we have, you know, most of us still have the ability to keep a job, even when, you know, there's a lot of, of, of economic uncertainty in the world and um, just things that we're going to take for granted and that we have access to communities of believers and people to help, you know, lift us up and give us, um, you know, the things that, that, that other support that we really need, we can call on, mm -hmm. I can call on dozens of people right. uh, in a bind that are going to, they're going to help. And, and, you know, we, we actually, it's still, even in this license to gripe year, um, we have, we have so many blessings mm -hmm. and, and yet, if you've had those blessings for many, many years and decades, then well, it's just the way it's supposed to be. Right. And it's like, yeah, but I didn't create. You know, that's not that's not by my hand. These are blessings from God, and having that attitude, I think, can make you know, as you're as you're kind of calling us to here on campus, is to have this this attitude of of being grateful. 
really does change the way right. we think going forward. Yes, yeah, so I really hope that as we come to the end of this year and the beginning of next, that you know we do stop and reflect and you know even put together a gratitude list. Just put together a list of things you're grateful for in 2020. Um, and that, you know, I, I remember, you know, back when things were really shut down, you know, there were no restaurants that were open and there was really nowhere you could really go. Um, you know, I went home for lunch just about every day. And even though, you know, we we're working here, I still went home every day. My wife was at home and we had, you know, that little time together every day, mm -hmm. you know, because we, you know, because I couldn't go out to appointments or anything like that during that time. And um, we took up hiking during that time and enjoyed, you know, long hikes together, you know, during that season. It's been amazing since things have kind of come back. You know, our hiking ventures have kind of diminished mm -hmm. to nothing. And now we're back kind of getting used to running and getting in the wrong direction sometimes mm -hmm. and not together as much. And so, I mean, finding those things that we're grateful for in what's gone on, certainly there's difficulty and tragedy and all that. But at the same time, what do I find grateful for? What do I find, where do I find God's grace? in all this and how do I capture that in that? And then secondly, the other thing I would say is really important to do is just develop a habit in this coming year of being grateful on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. I mean, you know, my wife always keeps a gratitude list by her bed and every night before she goes to bed, as she turns out the light, she'll write down five things that she's grateful for kind of thing right. just every day. And just kind of has that as a kind of a, the last thought she has as she goes to bed at night, you know. And it's good discipline. <laughs> yeah, and it's a good, you know, it's a great way to set your mind because the reality is, in a lot of cases, whatever you're thinking about when you go to bed will probably be the things your mind's going to dwell on while you're sleeping. And so what better thing to be thinking about and having your mind work on than the things you're grateful for? Yeah, and you're making me think of a passage, and I hope I'm going to find it here on my phone. I didn't come. I think so. And, um, you know, it's just, it's this, this what we've been called to and to be reflecting on and what we what we remember and not just taking for granted. And it's another very common um, passage we teach our kids. There's a little song that goes with it uh, from Second Peter. It's one of these you know lists of how we want to be growing. And you know, and he says in Second uh, Peter one, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. And I think this version is supplement, but it's add to, right? It's add to uh, virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. And these are all things where it's like, yeah, I want to be this kind of person. Mm -hmm. And Peter's calling, you know, this, uh, his people to this kind of being this person, he says, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, something we all desperately want for ourselves to be effective mm -hmm. in, in, in knowing Jesus more intimately. But then he says, for whoever lacks these qualities is nearsighted and blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Mm -hmm. And so just that very basic thing, and I love what you're talking about capturing the grace mm -hmm. and just forgetting the grace of God choosing us, even though we were enemies of his, and even though we were sinners, you know, sets you on a path in this, in your ocean metaphor mm -hmm. of, of, with the, the sail on the wrong attitude to begin with. Mm -hmm. And we should never, we can never take for granted God's grace just for, um, you know, seeing me as a child of his, uh, even though I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I know that that's a big part of the message to the guys here is to to understand your identity in 
in in Christ and in how you were made and what God does have a plan and a purpose. And if you know, you need to accept that grace. And I think a lot a lot of times it's hard for our guys to to embrace that at first. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, but once we have, and it's like don't. Don't ever take that for granted. Don't ever let that go. And also that that gives us a posture to one each one another to to recognize that, yeah, everyone around me, you know, I I need to I need to have that same kind of grace towards because uh, if 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 that grace wasn't extended to me, then where would I be? Right. And um, and we take that for granted. And right. I think you know, again, we're we're like the Israelites who've gone into a good country and gone, uh, yeah. Look what, look what we did. Look what I did. Look, my life's good because look what I've accomplished instead of, wow, what God is doing every day um, to, you know, give me a purpose and um, give me a community and and the blessings that he has. And the question is, what am I going to what am I going to do with it? Right. Right. That's the great thing about the Christian walk. Right. Is that. Um, God doesn't call us to do anything that he hasn't already given us all the resources to do. Mm. You know, God's loved you, so now you go love. Yeah. God's forgiven you, go forgive. God's blessed you, go be a blessing. God's given to you, so give. You know, it's constantly that driving message. And, and as much as I grasp his grace in my life will be to the degree by which I grace and bless other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is all a part of that formula of gratitude in our lives because it's all living out of the gratefulness that we have of God's generosity in our lives. So, and I really think that's an important message for people in addiction. Um, it's probably one of the reasons why addiction is so prevalent in our culture today mm-hmm. is because discontentment is such a fundamental character trait of our culture. Totally. And addiction's born out of discontentment. Mm. And so the really the antidote in many cases, is, which is the Christian message, we say Jesus is the antidote, but the real fundamental part of it is God's grace captured in our attitudes that really leads to that spirit of gratitude that becomes the driving force, I think, for sobriety. I mean, I just talked a few minutes ago with a graduate of our program, you know, who's doing wonderfully, you know, now has still works in our thrift store, um, still working out, um, teaches a lot of physical fitness things, mm-hmm. you know, has a wife and a couple kids, and t- was just telling me how grateful he was and how, how joyful he is that, you know, the same structure that he had at his way is the structure he has now, but it's all driven by taking care of children. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but we're still got chores. I got more chores now than I ever had it his <laughs> way. You know, I'm making my bed, I'm doing all the things I gotta do. Um, because, you know, a family depends on that. And just seeing the joy and the contentment and the peacefulness, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, are you guys making it financially? And he said, oh, man, we're ahead on our mortgage, money saved. And, and, and it's not like he has a big paying jobs, mm-hmm. but he's just learned the secret of being content. Yeah. And that's where true sobriety rests. Mm-hmm. Well, really good. I know that's a foundation to this ministry and uh, it's not just about the soberness towards uh, the substance coming into right. your body, but also this new outlook and attitude. Absolutely. So uh, I guess as we press into 2021, then, you know, it's really um, the same the same for us. It doesn't matter if COVID's here or not. We're going to continue to instill this in our residents' lives to the best of our ability sure. and show them the reality of God's love for them mm-hmm. and how there can be a new uh, sail set on this against this wind. So I love that analogy. All right. Well, I'm glad we had a chance to sit down one last time. So yeah. we'll pick it up again in the new year. We'll look forward to the new year. If Thanks, you have sir. any questions or like more information about our ministry, please visit our website at hiswayinc.org.